Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. This is day number 127, and it brings us back to the Psalms again. Psalms 21 and 22 today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is a light unto our path. It's a lamp for our feet so we can see and not stumble, so we know where we're going, so we can follow after you by faith, not trusting what our eyes see, but trusting what your word shows us about who you are. So, Father, we pray that you would show us that and lead us by your spirit in the path of your word today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalms 21 and 22. Psalm 21 is written to the choir master, and it is a psalm of David. O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices, and in your salvation how greatly he exults. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. For you meet him with rich blessings. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you. You gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow on him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. And through the steadfast love of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, and fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth and their offspring from among the children of man. Though they plan evil against you, Though they devise mischief, they will not succeed, for you will put them to flight. You will aim at their faces with your bows. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. Psalm 21 is a psalm of David written at a time of great salvation. But as so often happens with David, he's writing by the Spirit, as a prophet, far beyond himself to things that must point to Christ. For example, verse 4, He asked life of you, you gave it to him, length of days forever and ever. Peter, in Acts 2, at the day of Pentecost, preached the first gospel post-resurrection sermon of the New Covenant age, and he said that David was dead and buried, and his tomb remains with us to this day, he said. But this is something that God did for his son, Jesus Christ, the king, who was was given a crown of gold when he was enthroned in heaven at the right hand of God the Father as the name above all names and the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he has been given eternal life, length of days forever and ever. And his glory is great through God saving him from death. As Romans 1 says, he was proclaimed to be the Son of God with majesty by the Spirit of holiness and his resurrection from the dead. Notice how Psalm 21 does follow after Psalm 20. Someone was asking me, you know, are are these psalms, some of them meant to be combined. The only one that I'm aware of that 
it was originally combined are Psalms 42 and 43. When we get there, we'll comment on why that is the case. But the order of the Psalms is very intentional. They're not just randomly thrown together. Whoever put them together, and many people believe it was Ezra uh, after the return from exile who compiled the book of Psalms, there's a very intentional order. So the last line of Psalm 20, O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. And then Psalm 21 begins, O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices, and in your salvation how greatly he exalts. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. So God has answered the king. God has saved the king from death. And again, we've referred in previous studies to the book of Hebrews, which says that during the days of his flesh, Jesus cried, he prayed with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety, because of his reverent obedience. And so this is what Psalm 21 is really celebrating. It's celebrating the fact that Jesus has been resurrected, and then from the resurrection and exaltation and enthroning of Christ, we have a prophecy of the coming again of Christ, of the return of Christ. When your hand will find out all your enemies and your right hand, that's Christ. Christ is the right hand of God the Father. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. That's the second coming of Jesus. When Jesus comes again, the Lord will swallow up in his wrath all of those who hate him and who oppose him. All those who plan evil against him and his people, he will put them to flight and they will be condemned forever. And so we sing God's power and we praise his power. That brings us to Psalm 22, which brings us back to the, the suffering of the king and those loud cries and tears of Jesus that he was crying out to the one who was able to save him from death. This is most definitely a psalm of the cross and of the resurrection. Jesus quoted Psalm 22, 1 on the cross. You'll recognize the opening line. Let's read Psalm 22, written to the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn, and it is again a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like 
wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evil doers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. And another way to translate that last word, he has done it, is that it is finished. So, Psalm 22. We, we know, we can tell, it's very clear and evident that it's a psalm of the cross. It really is an amazing proof of the inspiration of Scripture and the fact that Scripture is the Word of God, that this was written by King David a thousand years before Jesus was born, and it tells very specifically of the sufferings of Christ on the cross. He was forsaken by God because he was made sin for us. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, and so God forsook his Son on the cross as his wrath was being poured out for our sin on his son. And that's why Jesus does not find rest. He's trusting in the Lord, but he's not finding rescue because he is being cursed for us. He is being hung in our place. He willingly went to the cross, but the agonies he suffered there were real and deep and profound. He was scorned and mocked by the people all around him. We know that the people around Jesus were very much like this. They were mocking him. They were saying, you know, he claimed to be the son of God. Let's see if God will come and rescue him. So that's exactly, you know, the words of Psalm 22, almost word for word is what people said to Jesus when he was on the cross. 
And yet he has, he is the son of God. He is from birth, the set apart, anointed, uh, holy son of God. And so uh, he is the holy one. And yet here he is God forsaken. The holy one from birth is God forsaken. And there's powerful people around him. That's what many bulls, strong bulls of Bashan is. This is people who have great power and strength. And it's, of course, the Roman Empire, the strongest empire, really, that the world has ever seen. Arguably, the Mongols are a rival for that. But basically, the Roman Empire is the strongest empire that the world has ever seen. And the people who surround him are dogs in verse 16, which is an indication that they are Gentiles. They're not Jewish people around, around him. They're a company of evildoers. They're Roman soldiers who beat Jesus, who mocked him, who spit upon him, who hailed him as king, who put a crown of thorns on him, who put a purple robe on him and then ripped it off of his back to rip the flesh away after they had beaten him with the cat of nine tails. So these are, the Roman soldiers were wicked evildoers. They did horrible things to Jesus. Jesus did cry out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, which is amazingly profound grace and mercy when you consider what these men had done to Jesus. But Jesus was so thirsty on the cross that his tongue stuck to his jaws and he died. He died. You lay me in the dust of death at the end of verse 15 means he died. We know that they divided his garments among them. We know that they cast lots for the last piece of clothing that couldn't be evenly divided. They didn't want to tear it up. So he's, he's crying out and he's dead. He's, in, he's laid in the dust of death, which means he's dead. And they've, they've divided up their clo his clothes among them. But then see the end of verse 21. Most people see that Psalm 22 is about the cross. But most people miss that it's also about the resurrection. Same thing with Isaiah 53. There's the death, but then there's the resurrection. The second line of verse 21 you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. So first it's save me from the mouth of the lion. And then it's you have rescued me. And then it's I will tell your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. What did Jesus do after he was resurrected? He went to the upper room to his brothers, his younger brothers now in the Lord. In the congregation of the church, the church was gathered together in the upper room and he appeared in the midst of them. And he showed himself to them. God did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted, but he did hear his cry, as Hebrew says. He heard his cry because of his reverent obedience. And so Jesus now is proclaimed to the ends of the earth that all of the afflicted of the earth can eat and be satisfied. That's, uh, I think, a picture of partially the Lord's Supper or what the Lord's Supper pictures to us, and that is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. If we hunger for salvation, we will be satisfied in Christ, who is our righteousness and our salvation. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations. What did Jesus do after he rose again? He gave the great commission to his church. Go and make disciples of all the families of the nations, all the peoples, all the ethnos of the world. And so he will be exalted above everyone. Verse 29, before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, all the prosperous of the earth uh, eat and worship. And so this is the resurrection, the exaltation, and the global proclamation of salvation in Jesus as the nations come 
to see him. So Psalm 22 is a beautiful picture, not only of the cross, which is so clear and explicit in the detail. You know, this is the most detailed chapter in the Bible of the sufferings of Christ on the cross. If you really want to understand the sufferings of Christ on the cross, you don't go to the New Testament, you go to the Old Testament and Psalm 22. It's more detailed in the description of his suffering than anything we find even in the New Testament. But it doesn't end there. It, it comes to resurrection, exaltation, and the worldwide proclamation of the gospel. For us, how do we live this out? Well, I would suggest two things, how we live it out. One is eat and be satisfied. <laughs> find your righteousness, find your peace, find your salvation in Jesus. Eat and be satisfied in him. And then proclaim his praises to the ends of the earth so that all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before him. Take his gospel to the nations. Eat and be satisfied and proclaim him to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, for your love, for this word. Father, write it on our hearts. May we live it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me for Psalms 21 and 22 today. Tomorrow, day 128, we're going to jump over to Proverbs, and we'll be in Proverbs chapter 5. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.